0: Unfiltered, the official Sunderland AFC podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to SAFC Unfiltered. Myself and Danny are back at the Academy of Light, but we're not speaking to a current player or coach, we're speaking to a former player, aren't we, Danny?
0: We are, yeah. Kieran Richardson's going to be joining us a long time since, well, I've certainly seen him and spoke to him, so it'll be good to to catch up.
1: Yes, we are back here at the Academy of Light. a glass box amongst the coaches' room as well. It's a, it's a hive of activity down here during the week. Uh, obviously, you've been out there doing your A licence still. You've been working with the 18s, I believe, this morning. Um, but obviously, the first team are in and around. And we've got a new addition this week as well in Pierre Equa. He looks to be a great player,
0: doesn't he? Obviously, we haven't seen him on the pitch yet. But by all accounts, it could be exactly what we need. Yeah, I think so. Uh, a big prospect by all accounts, as you say, and um, we've, we've brought a few in already this season, haven't we? You look at some of the boys who have come in and, and got right into it and uh, are having a decent season. Um, so he comes in, he'll uh, he'll compete for a place certainly. Again, one or two injuries at the weekend we've picked up. Um, so yeah, we need bodies in the building. I think obviously the recruitment team are working hard, aren't they, to try and get a few more in between now and the end of the month. Um, but certainly, yeah, he wants to come in and he's got to try and push himself for a starting place. Absolutely and it's going to be hard to get a start in place you
1: know the team are doing so well at the moment Just have to look at that last game of the weekend. What a brilliant game it was 2-0 at home against Middlesbrough Middlesbrough been playing great stuff under
0: Michael Carrick since he came in but Sunderland they played brilliantly Well we did yeah and I thought we to be fair to the boys they make Middlesbrough look ordinary to be honest I think as you said there they've been going great under Michael Carrick, I think he took over when they were in 21st place, got them up to fifth at the weekend, and I uh, no, thought we were excellent um, first half. The only thing that we, we were lacking was was getting the breakthrough and getting a goal. We had a few opportunities. Come out second half, got on the front foot again, uh, and then obviously the the penalty and the sending off. Debatable whether it was a penalty or not. I've had a look at it a few times. It's, it's borderline edge of the box. But we've had our amount yeah, of penalties. Didn't get this season yeah, so we drew a little bit of fortune from from the officials, weren't we? Um, but no, fully deserve the three points and then it's, it's tight up there now, isn't it? So positives around the place at the minute.
1: Yeah, OK then. Uh, we're going to be joined by Kieran on Zoom very soon. Uh, and it'd be great for you guys to catch up. And of course, we will be discussing that goal against Newcastle. Welcome to SFC Unfiltered, Kieran Richardson. Kieran, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Very well, thanks. It's nice to reunite yourself and Danny Collins here as yes, well. Yes, Dan, yes,
0: Dan. Yeah, it's been a few years on it, eh? Huh?
2: Are you working at Sunderland now,
1: yeah?
0: Uh, Yeah, well, I work with Frankie Match Days. We do the the commentary for for the matches on SAFC Live and obviously the podcast. And I'm currently halfway through my A licence, so I'm in a few days a week with the 18s, mate, yeah.
2: Nice, nice, nice. I'm trying to come up there. uh, I think on the 18th of February, Bristol City at home, I'm trying to watch a game, so I'll try and get there. Yeah, Yeah. have
1: you seen much of Sunderland this season, Kieran?
2: Um, I watched the last game on TV. Was it against Middlesbrough, 1-2-0? Yeah. I
1: was
2: watching that, um, but... Whenever it's on TV, I watch it for sure. Yeah, but I was—I haven't been to stadium in a long time to watch them actually play. I was going to say to, you know? a
0: while since you've been up here, then, yeah, to the stadium, alike, yeah, mate. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's been a while. The only time I've been up there is when I'm playing against Sunderland. Other than that, I don't come up there. But I'm going to try and come up there on the 18th of next month. Yeah. Good.
1: So whereabouts in the in the world are you living at the moment, then, Kieran?
2: So I live in London. So yeah. So from when I left Sunderland to come to Fulham. I haven't, that's it now, I've stayed here ever since I bought a house here and that's me.
1: Nice one. Okay then, we should get into it then. We're going to talk about your your career, you know, especially your time at at Sunderland. um, Mm -hmm. Going back to July 2007, you you signed for Sunderland. Roy Keane was the manager. Was it Roy himself who approached you to join the club?
2: Yeah, it was Roy. Obviously I knew Roy from my man United days. Um, And he came to Sunderland, did a great job, got them up from the Championship into the Premier League. And then when he got into the Premier League, he gave me a call and I was at a crossroads at United at the time. He said, I'll come to Sunderland and definitely him being a manager swayed me to come there because I could have gone to Everton instead. But uh, me knowing Roy, and I knew him very well. So that's the reason why I came to Sunderland. But obviously I knew Sunderland was a massive club already, but I just thought he's one of the main reasons why I did come.
1: Uh, how was that seeing Roy as a manager? Other than a, a, normally he would be a teammate, you, you know, at Manchester United. Was that strange to get used to at first?
2: Uh, not really. I think with Roy, I think even as a player, you, you just had the utmost respect for him. Utmost respect for him. He was, he was a great captain. He was a leader. For me, it was just the same thing, really.
0: Yeah, is that how you found him? Yeah, I think obviously Kieran having more of an insight than, than some of us. I know he brought some other lads in. Obviously, you look at Johnny Evans came in, Danny Simpson, young lads who he knew from his time at Manchester United as well. But for the likes of myself, obviously, having watched him over the years, you know, playing for United in the Premier League and you, you sort of know what type of character he is. But when you you get to work with him day to day, he is perhaps a little bit more relaxed than what a lot of the public see, isn't he? As well, Kieran. Behind closed doors, he does it. He's got that dry banter about him, and he can have a laugh and a joke. At it. And then at the same time, he can he can flip the switch on Corny, when it's time to work and get to it.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, you're right. He's a bit he's a bit laid back in training and things like that. But as you said, when he can he can flip the um, script any minute. He can just you know just know know how you see him on TV now. That the way he is. That's how way he is as, as a manager really in the changing room can be a bit old. Um, some players. Some players thrive on it. Some players can't really handle that type of approach. But as me as a player, I always like that approach. He just he just tells you how it is, really. Yeah. That's
0: it. Do you remember a couple of times as well where the old tactics board got a bit of treatment, didn't they, in the changing room? And Cookie was there yeah. mopping things up. <laughs> Many a time,
2: yeah. He would say to Cookie, "Bring that um, tactics board in here," and he would just kick it down and say, "Whatever, we don't bloody need that." <laughs> but yeah. Some good times, man. Some funny times.
1: Are you surprised that Roy didn't last longer in management? And obviously he went on to manage Ipswich as well, didn't he? But are you surprised that he's just done his his media career rather than stayed in management?
2: Yeah, I'm surprised. I feel like he's got a lot to offer with Roy within the football game. And uh, even you see him as a pundit. For me, he's probably my favourite pundit. You can see, you can see the way he talks. He just, he just demands the best from players. That's what he wants. He's just trying to get the best out of players. Um, but definitely, I feel like he... Could definitely be a manager and you know being a manager you can, you can go on for a long time so he still might get back back into the game so
1: yeah you obviously played under Sir alex ferguson as well one of the, the greatest managers of all time i mean how how was he as, as a manager just how great was Sir alex
2: um unbelievable um, it's hard to put in words it's hard to describe it because you you as a I know as a player firsthand but to ex- describe it it's, it's, all, it's all good me saying oh unbelievable great the best but he was just like a father figure to everyone and he could talk to everyone on a level you were scared of him but you wasn't scared of him do you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah. You, you knew you knew the boundaries and it was, you know he's a top guy I think the best thing about him the way he managed the team managed players it wasn't like he was like the in training he didn't, didn't, didn't take training once he never took training he was, he was there every day but he didn't take it he had the coaches for that Um but come day, game time he knew the 11 to pick who to speak to and how to speak to them and get the best result
0: Yeah I think there's a lot of uh, people who've said that and there are some managers who are like that I've played for some myself where they're happy for the coaches to take the training but they're always there keeping an eye on things aren't they in terms of looking at picking the team for the weekend and it's that off-the-field management side of it, you're saying there, by the sounds of it, whether the experienced pros or the younger boys, he sort of tries to treat them all the same, arm around them at times if needed. But if he needs to, he can get stuck into them as well in the changing rooms, yeah? The hairdryer. Yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> he, as I said, he he would be there at training every day and he would just like, he'd pull you to his side, have a little word of you and you carry on training. He was, he was he was He's always the first guy in training, always the last to leave. It wasn't like he was like, just palming it off and letting the guy take the train session. No, he's there. He's fully involved. He knows what the coaches are doing every day. He'll, he'll probably go through it before the training starts. This is what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, hats off to the guy. You know, he's, he's had an unbelievable career. And um, I know he had a rocky um, patch not so long ago. It wasn't too well, but it was good to see him to get through that.
0: Do you think Roy took a little bit of his, his management style on board as well then, Kieran? I know they had their differences, didn't they, at their time and towards the end at Manchester United for Roy. But, do you think there's a little bit of similarities in the way they, they go about their, their management style?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think, how can you not? You know, you, when you play under a manager for so long, you have that ma- massive influence on you. I know Roy would probably say um, Cluffy was a massive influence on him. Yeah. You know, because Roy always says about Clough. And I'm sure he was a great manager as well. Well, we know he was. He's what he's done. Um, but I feel like when you, where, whoever you play under for so long, how many years, 10 years, you're going to pick things up. Um, so, yeah, definitely Roy. Definitely some sort of of Alex Ferguson's attributes, for sure.
1: Yeah. Have you had time to reflect upon your career, Kieran, in your couple of years since retiring?
2: Uh, not really. I don't really think about it. Um, sometimes when I, when I sit there, watch TV and come on and score a goal, or whatever, you think, oh, nice. But I don't actually sit back and think, oh, wow, this and that. I just, life, life moves on, mate. You know, you, we're, we're still young, young men we've got new new careers you know families just life's too short to think about the past really like, yes i i i i I'm, pr- I'm proud of what i achieved but you know i've got other things to achieve as well
1: on on saturday the 25th of october 2008 though some of fans will remember that date because you might not look back on it, but sure, Sunderland fans definitely do quite often. You wrote your name in Sunderland folklore with a winning goal in the derby, and derby wins were few and far between back then. Kieran, can you remember that match and what was it like to play in?
2: Yeah, I do remember it. I mean, I remember the build-up to it because like the week before we played Fulham away, and um, I, I scored. I, think I scored three, two. I scored a three, Sorry, I, I took two free kicks. I hit the crossbar, post and post, and it went out. And I scored another free kick in the game, but Pascal Chimbonda was. Oh, he fouled someone nuisance. in the wall, didn't he? Did he foul? Yeah, he someone the answer, right. yeah. in the wall, so he got this allowed. Yeah. So I was on a bit of a, like a roll. I was, I was confident, and so I knew the following week, if we do get a free kick, I'm going to be in good, 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 um, good position to try and you know score a goal. But the whole week, the whole build at the whole week, everyone was saying like we'd never beaten them at home in like X amount of years. I can't remember how many years it was. It was, it was a lot. So, and I know how passionate. Everyone is in the, in the city, you know, in Sunderland. And I, as a player, when you're playing for the club, you just want to win that game so bad, but you know how, how much it means to the fans. So for us to win that game and in the style we did, and obviously to get the winner to two one was is probably the obviously my my best goal I've ever scored for me personally for sure.
0: Yeah, a lot of people will ask me as well, Kieran, <clears throat> Excuse me, in terms of um, best memories of playing for Sunderland, and probably. The noise in a stadium as well, and I always go back to that one as well. I was right behind you. I was on the halfway line when you hit the free kick, and it flew past Shea giving, hasn't it? And then the noise there as you ran over to the halfway line was celebrating, mm-hmm. and I just remember my ears were popping as we were running over to to sort of join you in the celebrations. The noise that day was uh, was unbelievable. You no know, it?
2: it's, it's just it's unbelievable. You know, it's unbelievable to experience that and to to be part of that history. And I I love it because when I when I die from that in a hundred years time, it'll still be talking about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's amazing to be part of that. And as you said, the noise is crazy, crazy, crazy. And it shows how much passionate everyone is about it.
1: Yeah, and obviously you play for some other big clubs as well, uh, Fulham, Cardiff, and Villa as well, uh, in your in your career as well as United, of course. But what is it about Sunderland and the crowd there? And you mentioned that game there. What is it about Sunderland which gets the reputation it does as being this big club? And obviously over the last couple of seasons, particularly the last four or five years, Sunderland found themselves in League One. That must have been strange for you, looking back on yeah. uh, a club like Sunderland and seeing them where they were.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't like seeing that. You know, when you see your, your, your club and you think of a club as the Premier League club and you see them down there in League One. But it happens. It's happened before with massive clubs, so it can happen. And hopefully, you know, we're, we're on the right track of coming back. But I've always, I've always said, Sunderland was the best team that I've ever played for, best club that I've ever played for at my career, my favorite yeah. uh, by a country mile. Even though Man United was a massive club, bigger club, but it wasn't my favorite club. I feel like Sunderland was my club. Um, regarding the fans, the difference is that I, don't, I just feel like the love, the love of it, the passion they have for the game and they, and their actual club is superior to any other club I've been at.
0: Yeah, so I, I, think, I, say, really. I, th- I think you get that, don't you, Kieran, when you come up? And obviously, I'm like yourself, I'm from, from Chester, you're from down south, yeah. obviously coming from Manchester as well. But as soon as you sort of come to the area, you, you get it, don't you? Um, we had similar yeah. time at the club, really, five years, nearly six years, I think, as, as players, and uh, it just grows into you, doesn't it? I think when you're in and around mm. the city, you know, training every day and you just get what it means to the fans. Yeah,
2: I remember the first two years, I lived, I lived opposite the stadium and Everyone would say, why are you living in Sunderland? But I loved it. Yeah. Me and the wife used to love just walking to the, going in the, in the city centre, going to restaurants, going to the cinema, going down the seaside with a dog and just walking. I just loved it.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, I was, and you know what? It's, it's mad because I, my kids, obviously I've got kids now and they don't, they don't know that life. That's why I really want to come up there and show them where I used to go and things.
0: It's a bit cheaper up here as well than London, <laughs> mate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
2: mate. A lot cheaper, a lot cheaper. You know what as well? The people are just they're more happier, man. They're it's happy. Yeah. You know? They say hello to you know, you walk walk past someone, they'll say hello, you know, in London. It's just full business, <laughs> isn't it, mate? Straight.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh so so Kevin, are you in touch with any of the your your colleagues when you from your playing days still?
2: Um Obviously, Anton's my, my one of my best friends even before Sunderland. As a kid, I've always been friends with Anton and I'm still friends with Anton now. So he's probably the only person I really talk to on a regular basis. But um, other than that, not really. He's just more of like an Instagram thing, hello, check-in with all the boys, you know?
1: Yeah, nice one. Uh, is there any other moments playing for Sunderland you recall when you think back at your time here, apart from that, that Derby goal?
2: i would probably say, I think it was against Portsmouth. I scored two goals against Portsmouth. I was, and you know what? Sorry, my one of my good moments. Why I, I remember? I remember when I first signed for Sunderland, I got injured. I fractured my spine. Yeah. So I was out for like six months. But when I came back, I think it was against Bolton. I scored when I came back. It was like a real, you know, I was really so happy because the fans hadn't seen me yet because I, I got injured straight away. So it was a massive relief for me. But you know, I've had some great time at Sunderland. So many different, different things, different ones, not even, not even wins, just good times. You know, all the banter with the boys and the change. We had, well, Throughout my career at Son, we had a good changing room. So I would definitely say the boys at the Sunderland was massive. Everyone at the club, you know, Billy the Massew. I, I know he's passed away now. I used to love that guy. Yeah. You know, I really I really used to love him. Um, so, but no, the whole club, I've got nothing bad to say about that time. It was probably the best time one of the, probably the best time of my life so far in that era.
0: Kieran, I was just going to remember now, you've mentioned it there, you were injured in that season. And I think towards the end of the year, you put a few pounds on, but I remember when you, we come back for pre-season the year after, and I think you've been working with a personal trainer really hard. You come back, you were ripped, you were lean, flying in pre-season, weren't you? Do you remember?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was massive. I, I, was, I was massive. <laughs> I have been injured. I wasn't, I wasn't eating right. And I remember I said to Roy in this, before the season season finished, I'm going to come back, you're going to see. And the whole summer, I didn't even—I didn't go on holiday. I—I I just trained. I got so so fit, like fitted, and you can ever yeah, imagine. I remember. Yeah, I remember coming back in pre-season, running the boys ragged. It was like the guys running too fast and things like that couldn't keep up with me. <laughs> and I knew from the work I put in, I was gonna have a good season. And I, I, I had a great season after that.
0: Where would you say was your favourite position, Kieran, at the time at the club? I think you obviously played out on the left, um, played at yeah. left back.
2: My, my favourite position, for sure, was probably in the middle of the park. Yeah, for me, in the middle of the park. Yeah. Um, I know towards the end towards the end of my Sunderland career I think Steve Bruce had me playing left back and Martin, uh, Martin O'Neill as well but for me definitely in the middle of the park I used to love it there
0: took my place at left back mate when Brucey sold me to Stoke <laughs> didn't you?
1: yeah he sold you to Stoke <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you're saying cheers cheers Steve <laughs> Oh,
1: crazy. Now, it's tradition on the club podcast for the the guests to do a little bit of a quick-fire quiz. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Lyndon Gooch is the current record scorer on the quiz. He's got five out of five. So, Kieran, we're going to see how you're going to do now. Danny's got the questions. Are you ready for the
0: quiz? Okay, I'll probably get one out of five Knowing me. Go on, carry on. Oh, he's not backing himself. Just five general knowledge in there, Kieran. Uh, so, first one, uh, what is Walker's Crisps' most popular sold flavour of crisps? Oh cheese and onion. Cheese and onion is correct. Oh. Yeah.
2: Cool says, mate. Cool says. That's your one out of five. Yeah, it's
0: my one. Okay, uh, question number two. How many children does Chris Jenner have? Chris
2: Jenner. Yeah.
0: How many how many children has she got?
2: Uh, yeah, two girls and I think two boys or three boys. I'll say I'll say four.
0: Six? Really? Got six, wow. yeah. Amazing. Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Rob and then Kendall and Kylie. Uh, question number three. Which club had three players starting in the World Cup final? So which league club was it? I'm going to give you multiple choice on this one. Was it PSG, Real Madrid or Atletico Madrid? Which one of those had three players playing in the World Cup final? Ooh, just thinking about it.
2: I'll go PSG.
0: <sighs> Atletico Madrid. Really? Yeah, Molina, Depaul, and Griezmann. Wow. The three, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Question number four. Yeah. 0121 is the area dial code for which English city?
2: Zero one two one. Yeah. Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> Sunderland.
0: Oh, no, I think you would. I think you would. Well, you've certainly been down there. No, it's not Sunderland. I'm going to give you another go. What oh, is it? Huh? Oh one two one. Yeah. Oh one two one. Birmingham. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <All> right, <cool. laughs> we'll give him that one give him that one yeah give you that one yeah yeah give me that one Birmingham. and the last one question number five in a deck of playing cards mm. what are all four queens holding in one of their hands Ooh. do you want a multiple Maybe. choice do you, want, do you want me to give you a multiple choice again yeah that's hard that's, that that's, okay. detail. That is... that's hard Danny well it's either a knife a flower yeah. or a glass of wine oh wow and they're all holding Good the same thing. thing they're all four are holding oh. the same thing well, it's a queen, isn't it? So I'm gonna go wine. <laughs> it's a flower.
2: Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> you know I've never, I never ever
0: known that. No. Is he learning as well yeah. as you're reconnecting yeah, with a similar fan base? Love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Two oh, out, of two five? out of five, mate. Not bad. Middle of the road. All right. um, Okay, I was going to ask you post-football then. I've seen you on your Instagram over the years. You've been selling watches or into the watch trade? What's been going on there, yeah? Is that still yeah, a business? So
2: I, I, I own a watch company right. called Broadwalk Group. Um, I started a company in 2017, so a while ago now. Um, to be fair, throughout my, even throughout my whole career, I, I've always been a watch watch guy, a watch connoisseur, if you want to say. I've been collecting watches since I was 16 years old. So I've always been into it. And so when I finished playing, it was just like well, even I was, I was doing watches before when I was playing as well. So it just fell into it really. It's another, it's another passion of mine. Obviously, football was my first hobby. Then my second would be watches. So now we, you know, we we supply watches to customers all around the world. Um, so a lot of people when I look on my Instagram, my, my Instagram's called Broadwalk Kieran. People will type my name in Kieran Richards. I'm not there. Right. It's Broadwalk as my company. And the reason why I called it Broadwalk, because that's the street of the name as a kid. My, my my street as a kid was called Broadwalk. That's why I called my company that. But you know what, I'm really happy the way it's going. And I don't really look at it as a job for me. It's just like a hobby thing for me and I just love it. So I love going to work every day, meeting new clients, making them happy, selling watches to them. You know, we've got a team of five people in the office now working as well. But you know, life's good regarding the watches. And that's it really. It's my it's my other passion, so I don't really look at it as a job.
0: And you, so you retired at thirty one, nearly thirty two, I think. Then you finished off at Cardiff. Yeah, Did you... I
2: stopped playing. Yeah, I stopped playing very early, very early. Injuries please.
0: or just had enough by then, or
2: bit of both. My calf was playing up. I couldn't every, even now when I try to kick a ball, my calf just goes straight away. And I was a bit. My family, we wanted to be, like, I think Cardiff. Cardiff was my last club, and I was I signed a six month deal there, and I think I played like four times. And I was like. This this ain't for me. So, um, so I went back to London. Obviously, I had my my watch company going on as well. So it just went, it just moved swiftly. Transitioned hand in hand. So I don't, I don't actually, I didn't actually think, oh, I've retired of football. I, I had another thing going on over there. I was just working. So that's that's how I look at it really. I didn't come out and say, oh, I'm retiring Sky Sports. <laughs> I've, never, I've never done yeah. that. So I'm not really bothered.
0: So have you thought uh, in terms of not interested in coaching or management, any media stuff or anything like that or just happy no, with the watch business?
2: No, no, not for me. I, um, I respect it. I, 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 I love, I know it's hard, very hard, you know, to, come, to become a coach and a manager or even at the media. Um, but it's not for me. I like watching it, but I'm a shy guy. I, I'm a shy guy. So I like staying behind the camera and just cracking on.
1: What about your children? Are they sporty? Would you encourage them to have a sporting career?
2: Yeah, my children. I've got two girls, so they they are they are very sporty. They go to a, like a sports school, but they they're into netball, tennis, running. They love football. They they just, they just started football actually, so I've been taking the girls football. But yeah, they're very sporty. And obviously, very. it's
1: a completely different landscape now. Women's football to when you first started out as a pro now as well. You got England women winning the Euros, Sunderland. You know, going through the leagues at the moment as well as a club. As you know, the professional games come on miles, hasn't it?
2: yeah miles and as you said i think that euros set the set the standard like wow it's like we all we all woke up to it these like it's, it's it's amazing right and it's it's nice seeing the ladies sell out sell out stadiums and things like that it's really nice seeing it and who knows where it's going to go for for the women's football? But right now, it, look, it looks very, very strong, and hopefully it continues.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Have you got a, a final word to the Sunderland fans who will be listening to this around the world, Kieran? And they'll be delighted to hear from you because you're someone like you say we don't really hear from them that often. But they'll have great memories of your time at Sunderland. I can't
2: swear on you, can I? Yeah, you can if you like. I can beat you. I can beat you. <laughs> TM bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. You know what? The final words. You know what? Thanks to all the fans, unbelievable. Everyone around the club, you know, even to the the people who make the food upstairs, unbelievable people. Everyone made my time such an amazing, amazing time. And you know, I love everyone up there.
0: Joyce is still here, mate, in the canteen as well. Remember Joyce? She's still going, she's in the canteen. So give
2: her a kiss for me. Give her a kiss for me.
0: (laughs) Kieran
1: Richardson speaking to us here on SAFC Unfiltered. He was lovely. Is that exactly how he was when he played for the club?
0: Yeah, well, he seems like he's enjoying his uh, well, I'll say retirement. He's he's busy at it still selling yeah. watches, isn't he? By all accounts, and uh, no, yeah, a fairly relaxed lad around the place. Um, you know, good talent, as you say. First season injuries, he mentioned there, but he come back sharp and fit. And uh, no, I thought he was a good player for the club. Um, a few different positions. Asked him what he preferred. Obviously, playing in the middle of the park. But no, yeah, I think everyone at the club remembers him for that goal against Newcastle and I still do. Um, you you know, described it as the, being the, the the noisiest thing you've yeah. ever heard. I, I put it to it, obviously at the end of last season we were down at the playoff final and that was probably Wembley. a close yeah. one to it. Obviously nearly 50,000 Sunderland fans in Wembley and that noise was ridiculous, wasn't it? We were pitch side and then that, yeah, playing in that right behind Kieran, that free kick, sweet, flew past Shea, given as we said, and then just running over for for the celebrations on the halfway line. I remember my ears were popping, couldn't hear what was going on fantastic scenes and uh, no it was a good day yeah a good day many more to come hopefully for Sunderland they're
1: in FA Cup action at the weekend against Fulham a side who are doing quite well
0: themselves in the league going well yeah good season Um, come up short last night against Tottenham but um, no they are they're they're having a good season if you'd have said that before you know the start of the season where they're coming up as a new team and having a good season like they are doing they're uh, they're well organised and they play some good football they may look to rest a few at the weekend um I'm guessing that Tony Mowbray will go with the strongest team he can possible. Obviously, we mentioned there one or two injuries at the weekend. Corey picking up that knock on his knee. Aji, Elise come back and done great. He came off towards the end. I think he picked up an injury, so they'll assess everyone but uh, we'll go down there and give it a good go.
1: Yeah, and then back in league action again against Millwall. In a way, do you think Tony Mulberry would want the games to be coming round a bit faster, keep up that momentum from the Middlesbrough game?
0: It's a difficult one because, yes, I would say you do and you like Saturday, Tuesday or Saturday, Wednesday to keep it going. But at the same time, we keep picking up injuries. We're getting one or two back out the treatment room and then, unfortunately, we keep picking up another couple of injuries in games and he's losing a couple. So it might not be a bad thing where you get that full week training and get the opportunity for the injured boys who have picked up a little niggly one in the game, can rest up and try and be ready for the weekend. So, But good atmosphere around the place. You know we're in here, um, in the corridors, in the canteen, you're seeing the boys, good spirits, and uh, rightly so as well. We've come up after getting through the playoffs last season. Everyone was wondering, perhaps, how's the season going to go? But where we're at currently, um, we're in a good position.
1: Yeah, and of course, the transfer window is still open as well. There's a hive of activity up here at the Academy of Light. You'd think they'd be trying to get another one or two over the line, do you think?
0: Definitely. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's hard to gauge, isn't it, I think, because when you've got the full squad to pick from, then it's good competition for places. But he hasn't got that full squad at the minute. I mentioned it there. There's, there's too many in the treatment room. Um but yeah, you're always looking to strengthen. Of course, you are. We're going great, but you know, you look at top end of the pitch. Everyone knows it. If, if Ross picks up his injury, where are we? We're short at that top end of the pitch. So I'm sure they're looking at getting a striker in, maybe another, you know, another centre sitting in midfield. We were talking to Julio at the weekend. I feel a good, good strong unit in the middle of the park there. You know, Dan Neal's had to drop in there at times and he's been great. But I'd like, to, you know, you want to see Dan Neal higher up the pitch. You're taking something away from him if you restrict him in that sitting role. So. I keep saying it, I'm not on the recruitment team, it's up to Christian, Stuart Harvey, these other people in and around the place, it's their job, and I'm sure they're working hard to try and strengthen.
1: Nevertheless, an exciting time for Sunderland fans, they find themselves at this moment of the season, just outside
0: the playoffs, yeah. and it's very tight, isn't it? Tight, yeah, right up until third, we keep saying it, the top two, unless one of them has a, a bad spell and the wheels come off, you can't really see them dropping out of those two places, but then you're looking from third, I think it's at Watford at this moment in time, right the way down to 10th, 11th, four or five points in it. It's and of course, tight, we played everyone,
1: Danny. We're
0: yeah. as good as all them teams, aren't we? That's the thing. And I think, you know, I speak to a couple of the players when I see them around and I, I have this conversation. I'll say, well, who do you think's been the out? And it's hard for them to think because we haven't been blown away in any games. We've beaten most you know, of those we've teams. Beaten most teams. Yeah, listen, we come up in a couple of games where you go back to the Burnley game where setting off, we had a bad 45 minutes and over 90 minutes, perhaps Cardiff, we weren't quite at it, but it, we've been in most games this season, haven't we? Uh, nobody's blown us away. We haven't been passed off the park. And, and the table shows that. Um, and I, I think if you look at our front four five when we've when they're at it, there's perhaps you know people will say there's no one better. You look at the four what we had up there at the weekend: Ahmad and Patrick. the Interplay between those two when Patrick, uh, sorry, Ahmad drifts up to that right hand side. The link-up plays ridiculous, and they pop it around defenders, and they make it look easy. And you've got Ross in the middle of the box. You know Jack on the other side. You've got Alex Pritchard to come back in. You've got other injuries in there as well. You know will cause any team at this level problems.
1: Yeah, exciting times for Sunderland fans. Don't forget to subscribe to SAFC Unfiltered, sponsored by Alpha Security, of course. Uh, You can subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms. Do it right now, and we'll see you soon.